Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share inspiring stories and tips on facing vulnerability and the lessons we can use to help us be able to find success and fulfillment in our own lives. With each episode, we hope to impact one listener. And if anything you've heard has impacted you, we'd appreciate you sharing it on social. Thank you for listening. Now let's get vulnerable. Joel Ainsley said, Shyness is a safety mechanism to save you from the fear of being wrong and the ridicule that comes along with it. As human beings, we crave love, acceptance, and belonging. As part of this, we fear the opposite, shame and ridicule. If we lack confidence in ourselves, we constantly fear this and seek external validation. This is episode 27 of the Vulnerable Podcast with Roger Caesar. He grew up as a shy kid lacking confidence and social skills for many years. Inside, he never felt good enough, so he would hide behind what he thought he was good at just to fit in. Track and field would end up being his sport, and although he gained popularity, he still lacked the ability to communicate well. It would take him until college when he ventured into modeling before he would start to gain some confidence. Thanks to great coaching and mentoring throughout his years in sports and life in general, he also gained a great amount of discipline. As he got older, he would struggle with figuring out who he was after tying his identity to track and field and then accounting, neither of which are in his life now. Then in college, one of the biggest hardships of his life would hit when his best friend was killed after a night out due to gun violence. He'd also end up in a car accident that would nearly take his life. All of it taught him quickly that he needed to slow down and start changing his life. Now he tells his story as a successful speaker and helps others open up about their struggles. Whether it be through coaching or having others hear him, he's out here to inspire the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Roger Caesar. Hey Roger, thank you for coming on the Vulnerable Podcast. Uh, you were a referral from our mutual friend Julia and I'm, I'm glad to have you on. As we were just talking before we hopped on here, you know, I, I saw a little bit of your story on LinkedIn and I definitely think you've got a, a story to share that can help some of our listeners. And so yeah, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you decided to come on. Oh, it's my pleasure, Brian. I appreciate it. And uh, shout out to Julia, aka Jules. Thank you very much for connecting us uh, in, this, in this moment. I appreciate it. Definitely. So the first question I like to ask every guest to get things started is what is your definition of vulnerability? Wow. I think when, when you are able to be uncomfortably comfortable in dealing with uh, situations that happen with you, being able to talk about it, I've always said that, you know, life, life happens. Uh, the problem is, is that far too many times when we have situations like things that are, are embarrassing or uh, get us mad, sad, we tend to put it in the back of our minds and lock it up and throw away the key because you know sometimes we don't want other people to hear about those situations or more importantly, we don't want to remember them. And I think if, if you are fine being uncomfortably comfortable in allowing yourself to open up and talk about those things those very moments that you feel would not benefit somebody else, that's when it's, that's you being vulnerable and also helping someone. 
No, I couldn't agree more. And 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 I know I probably say this every episode, so it's probably going to get annoying at some point. But what I I find incredible about asking that question is every single person's answer is completely unique. And what I like about oh, that right. most is that when people are listening to this, everybody that listens to this podcast is going to have a different situation or a different thing that they're going through. And mm-hmm. I think that each person's definition will help somebody else in a different way. So um, I just I, I I don't know. I just really find it interesting how this one word that if we were to go in the, in the dictionary has one definition, but when I ask anybody that comes on, their definition is true. completely unique to themselves. And, and, and I'm, I'm happy about that because that's mm-hmm. part of the whole point of this. So, but thank you for that. Like, I, I, I really like the way you're, the, the uncomfortably comfortable. I mean, for me, I know getting outside my comfort zone in the last couple of years has been where I've mm-hmm. seen the most growth and, and improvement in myself. So I can definitely agree with what you had to, what you had to say there. So thank you for giving us that definition. Oh, no so problem. What would you say is your earliest memory of going through a situation of struggle or, or vulnerability in your own life? Wow. I, I, I can't sit here and say that I had a bad life overall. I mean, I've, I think what it was is everybody has situations that happen, obviously. I think I had a great life growing up. Mom, great parents, great family. Uh, everything that you would normally want to have. I had that. And in that sense, I I can't say there was anything in that way that would cause that. I think maybe the earliest thing that I can think of was that I was a very shy kid. And the struggles struggles were that I I felt like uh, I wasn't I wasn't good enough. I wasn't, I didn't look good enough. Uh, and so those were my inner struggles that I would say I had. Those were the moments where I felt like I would curl up into the things that I knew I was good at or that I liked doing. And I would focus on that more than anything else so that it would hide the fact that I felt so shy in a lot of cases. Hmm. Considering you're an award-winning speaker. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Things have changed. Things have changed over the years. <laughs> that wasn't, that wasn't what I expected. But, yeah, I but know. I, I I, and a lot of people say that when I tell them that. I was very shy. You know, I was a little skinny kid. Very shy. Didn't think that I, you know, I had friends that I felt looked and acted and had better things than me. And it would always bother me all the time. Because no, I didn't know how to react in those situations. It's 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 funny to me when I when I meet you know people like yourself who you know have have gone from one extreme to the other because mm-hmm. you know there's sort of that proof in there that you know that there, you are capable of more once you figure it out. And getting to that, like, how would you say you know you were able to overcome that? Like, because obviously, like we just said, you, you're you're definitely people don't expect that when you say that now. So, how did you overcome it? I ran track and field pretty much all my life. I love track, uh, really excelled at it. And I used to dive into that very seriously and try to work very hard at becoming the best I can uh, in that sport. And I gained my notoriety from that. So instead of having to speak all the time, it was more that I became more popular because. I was one of those that were very good at track and a lot of people started to know who I was through that rather than the communication um, Hmm. piece of it. 
and I used to like that because I figured that was my way of allowing myself to become popular and get to be known. Uh, so that was the that was I think the the biggest, uh, or should I say, the easiest way for me to break out of it slowly. And then I, I started. I had a friend of mine when I got into college who said to me that you know, and I think I was getting much bigger. I was lifting weights and stuff and running track and everything else. And I said, you know, why, why don't you try to model? Do a little bit of modeling. And I laughed the same way you are right now. <laughs> I laughed at it. And I thought about it for a bit. And then I, I got into doing a bit of modeling. And, and that was where my confidence built. Like it went sky high at that point. And I felt a little better in who I was. And that's where the, I started to open up a little bit more, feel comfortable. <laughs> not being uncomfortable right. comes, full, comes full circle <laughs> there you go there you so go. I, I think you already touched on it there but what new strength would you say that you discovered in yourself through this was it confidence or was it something else or or more than one thing like what what new strengths did you find through doing track and then through modeling like what what did it present well track brings discipline for me uh, the coaches that i've had over the years uh, they brought a lot of discipline uh, knowing how to focus and and to uh, attain a goal that you set out to do and just go and do it. And I had very, very strong coaches over the years that, that helped me with that, to develop that skill. The confidence level came from the fact that I started to feel like I got notoriety in my own way. Everybody has their own way in which they open up like and blossom like a flower. For me, it was knowing that track and field was the one place where A, I felt comfortable, B, I knew that I was good at, and C, I started to have people notice me from it. And, and that allowed me to open up. So the confidence came from that along with the modeling, obviously, but it was more about the discipline. Discipline hmm. was big for me in that sense. No, and one point that you brought up there about the great coaches that you had, that's something that I'm hearing a lot, whether it's from other guests, whether it's from books that I'm reading or other podcasts that I'm listening to, is that the importance of coaches and mentors in our life, which I think a lot of us, and and even myself, we look at it as like, you know, well, why should I pay that person? What could they possibly know more than I know? Or, or how are they going to help me? And, or to struggle with this thing of do I need a coach? Do I not need a coach? Or whether they're important. But like I said, I constantly am hearing through like other any meet all these different mediums the importance of having coaches and mentors. And I can see right there, like you said, that the good coaches you had are what gave you some of those new strengths of discipline and and so on in your life, which have helped you. I'm assuming get to where you are now. Well, I think as well, it's not necessarily the paid ones. It's also the the, the ones that were just there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my coaches for a track, I didn't pay them. Yeah. My parents, I didn't pay them. You know what I mean? Well, maybe I did a few times. Know, <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> but overall, I think it's just the individuals that come around you. And, and they, there's a saying that's, that goes that people come into your life for a reason or a season, right? Or a season or a reason, however it goes. But the point is, is that you never realize how these individuals can change your life and, and what you see yourself as being 
or to what you can become. And when I look at not only just the coaches that I've had, but other people who have come into my life and excuse me, that's just the machine behind us working on. But if once I start to see what they have been able to do for me, I think it's important that you give the credit to them, whether it's those who I've worked with, as I said, in track, whether it's my parents, whether it's friends, whether it's now in my speaking, uh, the coaches that I've had, I believe wholeheartedly that they are there for a reason. They came into my existence for a reason. And it's made me a better person all around. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm currently working with a life coach and, and I have friends that are coaches and, and that have helped me in, in a lot of ways. So I can completely understand, you know, how that can make a difference. I mean, for me, I spent the first, you know, 17 years of my working life just being in sales and like just I thought I was a salesman and that's all I was going to ever do and it wasn't until I was introduced to newer people and people that have these you know whether it's coaching skills or life experience that I don't have that I started Mm -hmm. to sort of open myself up where you know like I said I'd pigeonholed myself and said this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life and I knew nothing else and didn't think there was any other capabilities but once I started surrounding myself with other people that you know, like Julia and, and other friends that I have, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, wait, you know, maybe I just haven't given myself, put enough thought into this, or I haven't looked into myself, like looked within myself enough. And it's, it's helped me a lot. So I can completely understand where you're coming from when you say that, you know, without those people around you, you may not have become the person that you are today. So I completely understand that. So, yeah, and I think, I think it's funny that you say that because that leads to a story of mine and it has nothing to do with this, but <laughs> as you were talking about the fact that uh, you thought you were going to be one thing and one thing only, well, that happened to me on numerous occasions. It, it happened to me as with track, uh, believing that this was my destiny. I had to just go all out and become a superstar in track. But I also always wanted to be an accountant. Believe it or not, uh, I wanted to be an accountant because primarily because I saw my father's accountant and how he interacted and who he was and just the persona of him. I said, oh, that's got to That's all I want to be. I'm going to be that. That's it. That's it. Get in my second year of, of college and I was like, oh, this is not what I want. <laughs> not because of the workload or anything, because it's just not who I was. And it was other people that were around me that made me realize, you know what, you're not being who you are, yeah. right? You're not being who you are. You're, you become more of an outgoing person and this job doesn't allow you to do that. Yeah. And so that's when I, I had to change who I was or who I thought I was and, and go in a different direction. So I understand where you come from. No, definitely. And I, I think that the one thing I like about that, you sharing that is the relatability of it. Cause I can, t- I, whether it's family or friends or people that I'm, that are around me, I can't tell you how many people I've heard something similar from in terms of mm-hmm. like going to school and then getting a couple of years into it and being like, I don't know, or finishing school and then right. realizing like, Oh wait, this maybe wasn't what I wanted to do. I had a guest on uh, a few episodes back who, um, actually I haven't released her episode, but she's, she, she was one of the earlier ones and same thing. Like she went through school, got a job in the career that she went to school for, spent mm-hmm. a few years in it. And then was like, I think there's more to life. I mean, Julia is another, it happens all uh, the time. So it, it, it happens. I can, yeah. and like I said, happened to me, it's, it's happening to people around me right now. So I can mm-hmm. definitely, uh, relate. And I think a lot of other people will as well. So 
what the, the 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 shyness and all that that you were going through as a you know when you were younger and and just sort of those struggles that you had as you were building your confidence what sort of toll would you say that that took on you like I mean and this is a harder question to I guess formulate but it's more like just emotionally and everything like do you find that you know it held you back do you find like what do you find like was the I guess the worst part of that struggle I think it was that I was constantly second guessing everything I was doing. I know I've repeated myself, but when it came to running, there was no second guessing what I was doing Mm -hmm. because I knew how good I was in that. So preparing for myself on a track was never second guess, but everything else, I noticed I would second guess. I would wonder, should should I do that? Mm, Are they going to like me? Are they going to want to talk to me for this? And so everything was second guess, and that's primarily what it came down to. Always second guessing what I was doing. And even though, and I always give my, a lot of credit to my parents because they were, they were very instrumental in trying to help us to feel confident in who we were. But you already know that even though you may have that internal blessing and, 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 and help within the home it's the external parts that sometimes change you and make you think or rethink who you are so that blanket of love was there from my parents all the time and they were there to help and even though we'd have our own differences here and there you always knew that 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 was there but when you get outside of that that's when you start to second guess yourself because people are saying something here and another person saying this and this person doesn't think you're you're good enough or good looking enough that's where it all happened okay hey again these are the thing i like about when people tell these stories and and the whole point of this podcast is to give relatability to people because what i want the 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 name of the podcast being vulnerable with the word able capitalized the point of that is because i want to teach people that your vulnerabilities and your struggles are are what can actually help you get to where you want to get in life. And so I, I really enjoy the fact that your story is, is extremely relatable. I've, you know, because with, with different people that have come on, it's some people, it's a health issue. Some people, it's a personal struggle. Some people, everybody's had different struggles. So uh, when I get an episode like this, where it's, it, it's really relatable to the more people, I, mm-hmm. I quite enjoy it just because again, I, I, that's, that's really, like I said, what I want. I want people to listen to this and go, I went through something like that. And I feel like what you're talking about is things that a lot of us went through. I mean, in terms of second guessing yourself, I mean, for the last probably 10 months up until I started this podcast, <laughs> I pretty much was doing that. <laughs> really. And I, and you know, and I've had quite a bit of confidence my whole life being in sales right. like that, but there is always that negative self-talk and, and learning how to get away from that and how to sort of stop yourself from getting trapped in that is, is a skill that that's helped me immensely. But, you know, I can see how it can happen at any time in your life, whether you're young, old, you know, it doesn't really matter when it comes, it's going to come. So, um, of course. but again, like, I, I'm just, like I said, I, I really appreciate the, the relatability there. So is there any other stories that you could share with us today that just of other things that you've gone through, other struggles, other vulnerabilities in your lifetime um, that you, that you'd like to share with our, with our listeners? Well, I think, the biggest one, and obviously we'll touch on the fact that you saw the story on LinkedIn that I posted. It took a long time for me. I'll say this. It took a long time for me to feel comfortable enough to 
share that. I remember when I worked on the speech and I created it and it was, it was one of those situations where I went to an event and I really wasn't even going to speak about that. That's what a lot of people don't know. I wasn't going to actually speak about that. I had another idea that I wanted to speak at, speak about at that event. And when I got there, I was the last person to speak. So I got an opportunity to listen to the previous six speakers. And I recall listening to them and how vulnerable they were with their stories and opening up and talking about the, the struggles and issues that they had in their lives. And it felt right for me. It felt, it just felt right in that moment to finally allow myself to talk about it. And the audience, the, the, the atmosphere, everything was just perfect, so to speak. So when I, when I started it, uh, I remember saying to one of the ladies there who was recording the event at the last minute, I said, okay, you know what? I want you to record it just to see. Let's just see what happens with it. I'm the type of speaker that a lot of times when I look back at my work, I cringe. And I know that there are a lot of people that I've spoken to that say the same thing. They don't like looking at themselves afterwards because there's always something they feel they could have fixed and we're our worst critics. And because of that, I, I would always shy away from doing that. But when I watched this one, I knew it was, it was just right. It was right. And I, once I kept thinking about whether or not to, to put it out there and I got my, my videographer to clean it up for me and to work on putting it together and making it a special presentation, uh, it was in that moment that I knew, let's, let's, let's let this happen. So talking about it, losing a best friend to gun violence, uh, being shot as well, it was, it was very hard for me for many years because there was a sense of guilt on my part, primarily because of how it happened. Knowing that we are two different types of individuals and yet he allowed himself to venture off with me that night. And we never know what's gonna happen, obviously. And when, when that did happen, it took a long time for me to not only get over the guilt of it, but to, to get out of my own head as to how, how it happened. Um, people got to go and watch it. The y'all got to go and watch it if you want to watch it. <laughs> so no, I'll, and I'll put it in the show notes 100%. So. Right. But uh, it was very hard for me at the time to, to understand why this happened. How could this happen? I've had many other struggles before. I've talked to about myself second guessing myself and being shy, but there was the injuries from track that made me second guess what, what am I doing here? There was other incidences where I got into horrific car accidents that could have been went a different way. And then this happens. And it was a crazy set, set of times for me where in that three years, when I was from 19 to 21, I just, I thought, holy smokes, how could all these things be happening to me this way? And it culminated with that. 
and it, it's one of those moments in life where you, you you stop and you have to you have to think why do these things happen why does it happen what's the message what's the purpose of it why did it happen to me and what am i gaining by now telling someone else and i cannot tell you how many times I have spoken on a stage and I've opened myself up by telling stories about things that have happened to me, whether they're funny, whether it's embarrassing, or in this case, whether it's a horrific incident. And I've had people come up to me afterwards and expressed what it meant to them and what they were going through. And you touched on that as well. Because, as I've said, we are the voice for the voices as speakers. When we go up there, we cannot think about ourselves in that moment. We've got to think about the audience and what message they can get away, can take away from it. And when I did this speech, the one thing I wanted people to understand was that we all, at some point, will find ourselves in a situation, maybe not as this, and as horrific, but hard situations that happen. And are you able to get out of that? Are you able to find a way to, to dig out of that hole and, and come up and, and, and see the light from it? And it took years. Brian, it took years, 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 years of me struggling, fighting, arguing, blaming. You name it, I did it. And, you know, all these years later, I can smile now. I can smile. And there's many instances along the way where I realize that he is still here. He is there. He is around. He has touched me in some way, shape, or form. Something that makes me see that, okay, we're good. We're good. You know, I, I was sort of like, obviously people can't see because it's a podcast, but I was sitting over here sort of nodding my head and I can't say that I can relate to that exact situation because I haven't been through something like that. But what I can say is that it's, it's to me, what's, what's important to take from that is that we don't realize how much the events and the things that happen to us in life actually affect us. Like, you know, to, to bring it uh, again, not even close to what happened, but like I was speaking with somebody else on another episode and, and I've shared myself, my own story in the, in the fact that like for, for years, the work that I was doing was actually making me a pretty miserable human being, mm-hmm. but you don't realize how those things affect you. And like, that's what I'm taking from what you just said. Like you struggled with this for years and had no idea that yeah. the anger, the, the pain, yeah, the, became, the, the everything that was maybe not going so well in your life or the way that you wanted to was affected by this one situation. And I think that unfortunately we don't, a lot of us don't realize like how much of these external things and these things that happen affect the person inside until you do the work to sort of, you know, work through them and, and, you know, and, or use them in the way that you have in terms of, you know, sharing them with others to inspire them or to teach them a lesson. But it's, it's, that's, that's the one thing I take from that. If, you know, obviously there's more, but you know, the one thing I definitely take from that is like that we need to, we need to really pay more attention to how these things that are going on in our life or these things that have happened are affecting our life moving forward. Oh yeah. I was in, I was in a dark place. I was in a very dark place, and I think and it's just the worst feeling in the world when you know that uh, friends, family, and, and others that you come in contact with can, 
can visibly see that you're not correct, you're not right. And no matter what people try to do, no matter how much they, they want to work at making you feel better, you have to do it. You're the one that has to find a way to get out of that. Um, we, can, we can thank everybody afterwards for their contributions in trying to help us. But if you're not ready to get out of there, it's so difficult. It's so hard. And I found that with myself in, in a lot of ways. And there were so many other things that were going on around me at the time that I just realized that I, I had to find a way to get out, right? And uh, it, was, it was hard. But with the, those people that were around, those you know, family and friends and everybody else, I think that was how it was, I was able to finally figure it out. All right. No. And another solid point, I think like, you know, what you're saying there in terms of like, you have to make the choice because you're the only one that's in control. And I've said this before, mm -hmm. like it, you, we can blame it on everything and anyone, but until oh, yeah. you make the decision to, to make the changes, it's mm -hmm. nothing's going to happen because you're the only one that's in control of your own life. Nobody else has control. Like I said, you can, you can think that they do and you can mm -hmm. tell yourself that they do, but at the yes. end of the day, you're the only person that's in control. So another solid point for sure. Yeah. I'm glad that you did the work because like, you know, talking to you today and, you know, like I said, we haven't got to know each other a ton yet, but I can definitely see that you've done the work. I mean, you're, you've been smiling pretty much the whole time we've been talking here. Like, I, I do. I do. But, a lot of people ask me that too. It's funny that you say that, Brian, but it's so true. We can actually see each other right now. But the, the reality is I, I do. I smile a lot. I, I smile a lot because I know that I, I, I couldn't be more thankful for being here. Yeah. Right? I, I'm happy that I'm here. Obviously, I'm sad about the loss and, and what had happened, but I'm here for a reason. And, and if, if that means that I have to make other people, if, I, if I'm able to make other people smile, if I'm able to help somebody in any way, if I'm able to change someone's life by something I say, and I'll give you an example. I never will forget this. I even use this in a lot of the workshops that I do. I talk about this uh, situation that happened with me. I went and I did a speech one time, and the speech was primarily about uh, how do you get out of your own fear? the fear that you have in, in trying to accomplish things, which kind of goes with everything we're talking about in, in a lot of ways here. And when I was finished the speech, it was funny because everybody was coming up to me and saying, oh, that was great. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you for coming. And then there was this one guy. And, and you could see he was visibly shaken and, you know, tears in his eyes and everything. And he comes up to me after when everybody left and he says to me, you know, I, really needed to hear that story. I, I wasn't planning on coming today, but uh, there was a lot of publicity about you coming here. So I figured, let's see who this guy is. Right. And, and he said, I'm so glad that I did. He said about four o'clock at about four o'clock today, I'm supposed to be going to a lawyer's office and um, uh, divorcing my wife. And he said, for many years, I blamed her for everything that was going wrong with us. I blamed it on her. I thought it was her fault. And I, I had enough. And I just I wanted to just get out of it. And then I heard your speech. And I realized 
it's not her fault. It's me masking the, the anger and how upset I was about things that I was doing that allowed me to take it out on her and make her feel that she was to blame for all these years. And so I'm going to go now and try to reconcile things and work it out. Brian, those are moments right there that when you're a speaker, when they say that it's not a matter of entertaining thousands of people, it's changing one person's life. That means the world to you. And that to me is why I smile. I'm happy. I try to be as best as I can. We're human. We have our days. But as best as I can, I try to keep myself in an upbeat form. Yeah. Because I know that I'm here for a reason. Yeah. First off, I, I'm not like I literally chills like f- toes, head to toe chills because <laughs> th- those sort of it's things. Crazy. I, it's I crazy. can understand like, and it, and it, I can't say it's happened for me, but I can understand how that would have an impact. Like I said, it's imp- I'm just standing here listening to you through a computer screen, and it gave me chills. The second thing is, I I I honestly I 100% agree with that. I just recently have been saying to people on the podcast interview, outside of the podcast, whatever it is, that my only goal with this podcast is that I impact at least one person per episode. That's it. It's not about making money. It's not about having a million listeners. It's about impacting one person per episode. You know, Mm -hmm. if I have three people listen to the episode and it it only impacts one of them, I'm good. Like I don't, if I have a hundred people, I just won. And, and, and I, so I couldn't Mm -hmm. agree more in terms of like that impact that you want to have. It's not, it's not about the money. And, and I, and I've got caught up in that too, in the past of like, you know, it's, it's about the, the, the money, the plateaus, the, this and the that. And I realized very recently, it's not about that. It's more about like you're saying, helping other people, being in service of people and, and making that impact, even if it's just on one person. So I, I honestly couldn't agree more. Yeah. Can I tell you something? I remember I went to an event and I saw this, this young, young up and coming uh, poet. And we sat down, we were just talking and when the question came up about why are you doing this? And he came to me and he said to me, well, I, I go by the theory of, I go by the theory of map. I said, what is, what's map? What do you mean by that? He said, M-A-P. I said, okay, well, what, what does that mean? He said, money, attention, people. And I stopped for a second and I go, hmm, okay, so you're in it for the money, the attention, and the people. So well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change it around. I'm gonna go with Pam, <laughs> right? I'm gonna go with Pam. And he laughed and he goes, what do you mean? I go, well, I, I'm, I'm in this because of the people. I want people to, to hear my stories or hear what I have to say and it move them and, and, and it entertains them, but it moves them to do something the attention will come from that, which will allow me at some point to get the money. I go, you have it all wrong, my brother. You have it all wrong. You got to flip it around the other way, man. And he's looking at me and he said, oh my God, yeah, you know, you're right. Jeez, I didn't think of it that way. I was just, you know, I just wanted to make money at what I do. I go, you're going to make it. You're, you're talented. Yeah. But you got to think about your audience first. So I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with Pam. No, I love Pam. I love Pam. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's, it's, you know, what's, what's 
blowing my mind right now like literally blowing my mind is like i said i've never met you in person this is literally the first time other than just on linkedin and email uh-huh. this is the first time we're talking and i'm not even i'm not making this up this isn't like pre-rehearsed or whatever but i'm not even kidding you as you were telling that before you even said pam in my head i was like oh, i think it should be pam and then you were like ah, oh, see? And I, i'm not even joking it's how we can be like so connected with people that you know, and that and that, that's happened to me over and over again over the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Because, like I said, I, I spent a lot of time going to networking events and stuff like that, and meeting complete strangers. And and I've found that there's certain people out there that you just connect with right away. I mean, some of my closest friends are people that I've only met in the last you know 18 to 24 months of my life. Mm-hmm. So, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, that just tripped me out because I was literally standing here <laughs> and you're like, you're like money, attention, power. And I'm like, not nah, or money, attention, people. Sorry. And I'm like, no, it should be the other way. And then two yeah. seconds later, you're like, no, it should be Pam. And I was like, that's trippy. But anyways, so, so how would you say that all these things that you've shared, these things that you're, you've been through in your life, how would you say they've helped you get to where you are now in your life? Wow. Well, that's a whole big entity right there. I never dreamed, and I know people say things like this all the time, but I never dreamed of being in the position where I am right now to be on many world stages, uh, go around the world and speak and, and touch lives as I have. I never, ever, coming from being that shy kid who was just concerned about 400 meters, <laughs> 400 meters, that's it. Uh, this all started because when my, my parents, we, we own a, a business, a family owned business. And when my dad was grooming me to take over, a lot of times when I was dealing with the same individuals that I deal with to this day, but in those times when I started and I was just his son, so to speak, there was a different type of communication that happened between us. When I fast forward and took over the business, you notice that things change because now he's the owner. It's a lot different how people react to you and talk to you. And I remember walking into one of the new managers on, on the floor into his office. And I went in there to introduce myself. And I didn't realize at the time that he was an introvert and I'd never truly experienced that feeling. So when I walked into his office and I tried to introduce myself and stir up a conversation with him, it was dead silence followed by thanks. (laughs) And that was it. And I remember leaving there and said, I'd ever want to feel like that at any time, anywhere with anyone again. And that's when I, I decided to, to join uh, uh, Toastmasters and get into the program and, and to try and figure out what it was that I needed to do to feel more confident yet again, even though I had started to build that confidence up over, over my, uh, my years, I knew I still had more to learn in terms of how to speak to people at any time. And that's why I joined. And when I joined... I'll never forget, and I, and I feel very proud to be saying this on your show, but I've talked about this individual many, many times. His name is Sanjay Sharma. And Sanjay Sharma 
heard my very first speech that I did at Toastmasters. And when, you know, when I was done, he came over and he put his hand on my shoulder and, and he said to me, you know, you're going to be, I could see you being a champion one day. And I laughed. Said, you have no idea who you're talking to, man. <laughs> I'm only here to feel comfortable. That's it. You know, that's all. But he kept on saying it. And isn't it true that when somebody really believes in something about you, they'll constantly keep putting it in your head, constantly keep telling you, constantly stick that, you know, plant that seed for you so that you start to realize. And then, you know, add a little bit of water to it. And all of a sudden, you start seeing it grow. Well, that's what Sanjay did. He constantly was telling me over and over again, you need to believe that you can do this. You can do this. And that's when everything started to happen. I started to believe that, yes, you know what? Let's try to do this. Let's try to compete. And I, I lost a million times. How many times have we heard you know, the whole saying that Jordan says, I failed over and over and over and over again. And this is why I succeed. For me, that's what it was. I had failed so many times, even as a speaker in competitions at the beginning where I was constantly losing and trying to figure out what it was, what it was that would make me um, a, a better person, what would make me better on that stage, what would help me to develop my skills. And I think it's all of the things that I had went through, knowing that those experiences were key, along with the people that I had seen along the way. They were key in helping me to develop those skills, to help me to work hard at becoming who I am. Fast forward, I am a four-time champion at Toastmasters. I've, I've, I've made it to the World Championships three times as a semifinalist, and I have been able to see the world in, in ways I've never thought I would. I've visited places in this world that I didn't think I would ever get to go to. And it's been fun, it's been exciting, but it, none of this happens without all these different people who have helped me along the way. So, you know, in a long-winded answer, it's the people. It's, it's those who have constantly been there pushing me as well. And learning to develop my own self-confidence and, and knowing that the same type of discipline that my coaches back in track would teach me is the same discipline I needed to also put here. That's it. No, it's, it's, it's funny because you, you really literally tied it all in there at the end. You talked about the confidence. Uh, you talked about the discipline and then, you know, like you said, having the people around you. And those are all things that you talked about earlier. So I can definitely see how it all helped you get to, to the person that you are now. And now, now I am that guy. I feel like the elder statesman. You know, I've <laughs> been able to, to have all this success. And now I'm that guy that is helping other people try and make it through and try to succeed and, and, and whatever their goals and their dreams are that they've had in the speaking world and in business, I, I try my hardest to help them to learn from the mistakes or the experiences that I've had. And I've watched them. I've watched a lot of people that have come through my coaching, Empire Coaching, and have succeeded. And I love it. I love watching that now. 
So would you say at this point in your life with everything that you've had going on, whether it's the, your, the business that you've taken over, whether it's your speaking career, all of it, would you say that you found success and fulfillment in your life or would you say that you're still on your journey towards that? I'm still growing. I'm still growing. There are still many, many goals that I have that I haven't attained yet. You know, I, right now I'm on another goal and that is in, in Toastmasters to become a DTM, which is a distinguished Toastmasters. It's the highest level you can become. And I'm very close to that. I never thought again. I never thought I would get to that point, but I'm here. I could see it in the right, right in front of me. It's saying it's a couple kilometers away, so to speak. So I'm almost there. So that's, that's, that's what I'm doing now. But I still want to entertain being on that stage again. I still want to entertain being a global icon like these are these are dreams and aspirations that we all have and i i put them out there and i put them there because i know that with the discipline and 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 how strong i feel about what i can do that we hopefully can have that happen oh i i i really do believe in that i really do believe that when you put something out there that you really want and you work hard at it and you constantly keep a positive attitude things happen things happen yeah. I, I, I last year uh, one of the things that i was when i was doing some of the speaking one of the things that i really put to people was just start it was these two words that were given like to me that. Where like two that. words that were given to me from a, a friend of mine where mm-hmm. you know when i so uh, not to get into it because you know again this episode's about you but a couple of years ago i got let go from what would what will probably be my last sales job and right after I got let go, I went through that same thing that a lot of people go through of like, you know, what's going on? Like, do I suck? Like, why, why, why did this happen? And, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's not what I'm supposed to do and all these questions. And I was speaking with a friend of mine who I met through LinkedIn and he was, he asked me a question of what did I used to like doing? And I hadn't thought about that in years. And, and when I did give it some thought, I was like, well, I used to like writing. And he's like, so just start writing. And I honestly just laughed. I was like, that's, that's, you know, really simple, but you know, you don't think about it. And so like what you're saying there is like, you know, if you really want something, you gotta, you gotta go for it. You gotta work for it. Mm -hmm. My way of looking at it, I guess, or what I try and get to people is you gotta just start. If you don't start, you're never going to find out. I've had people say, Oh, I want to start a business. And when I say, why aren't you? They're like, well, cause I'm afraid of failing. How do you Mm -hmm. know if you're going to fail? Exactly. Right. So I I completely agree with that, with what, what you're saying there. Yep. Getting down to the last couple uh, questions here. Cool. This question um, is basically, you know, if somebody were to listen back to this episode, they could probably find a hundred things that they could take away from it. And if they were to take notes, you know, um, but what I want to try and do at the end of each episode is give people three key takeaways that they could literally finish this episode, sit down and go, okay, my struggles or my journey is this. And these three things could help them with what their journey is and, and getting them to where they want to go. So if you could just give us three key takeaways from your life and your journey to help others with, with theirs. Number one, if you have people in your life that are positive influences to you, hold on to those people. Let them, let their experiences and their desire to help you be your guide positive people around you in your life in general are, are wonderful to have because they'll make you believe that you can achieve anything. And when you have that mentality and then you build it, build it around into yourself, the sky's the limit. So it's always having positive people around you and always being appreciative of those people. Number two, discipline. 
discipline is huge for me. Whenever you want to achieve anything in life, anything, you need to have discipline. You cannot keep saying, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Do it now. Or as you put it, just start, <laughs> right? Mine is always, mine has always been keep rising. Keep rising. Always keep rising. Keep always believing that there's no, there's no end game to who you can be. But you have to have discipline. You must always believe that everything you do has to be done a certain way and keep going with it. There are going to be turns and twists and turns. Like any road, you're going to have twists and turns. But if you still remain focused, that's key. And, and the third thing is understand that things are going to happen to you. Things will happen. We are, in a, we are human beings. Our lives are meant to have great moments and sad moments. But if you can help other people with those things that you've gone through and allow them to see that, hey, this is what I did, this is what happened to me, and, and have them see what they can do better for themselves, then all that you've gone through is for a reason. Hmm. Solid, solid three, solid and great way to uh, sort of close it off there. So the last thing that I want to uh, give everybody that comes on an opportunity to do is pretty much just promote themselves, tell people what they're up to, anything that they've got going on, uh, you know, if they've got coaching programs, like you mentioned, website, whatever, anything that you want to promote, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, you can visit my website. It's rogercaesar.com. Uh, I am on LinkedIn. Um, I know I'm so bad with the whole social media thing. <laughs> I am, but that's my, that's where I am. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, rogercaesar.com. I also am starting, well, we've been doing now empire coaching. Uh, we are helping individuals who want to succeed in speaking, doing workshops around the city. Uh, I am heading down to Milwaukee in the new year. So I'll shout out to, uh, Patricia out there and, and Pauline who are out there. I'm really happy to be heading down there to speak as well. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Morella who is the host of anything goes. She is having a huge show on December 5th. That's where I will be. We'll be at, uh, I forget what the place is. It's in Mississauga because I don't have it in front of me right now, but no you can find it. It's there. <laughs> Anything goes. Morella, shout out to you. Uh, we'll, I'll be on her show. Uh, we're taking it out on the road, and it's going to be a fun time. And then, hey, Christmas is coming. The new year, the holidays. Just wishing everybody safe time. Have fun. Enjoy life. Be disciplined. Keep <laughs> rising. Find your greatness. Boom. Oh, awesome. Great way to end it. <laughs> Great energy. I, I, like I said, I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, you know, not only the relatability of it, but just the way that we got to connect the conversation of it. Um, you know, I, I really look forward to getting to know you more. I, the, uh, definitely, Mary, definitely. Mary that you just mentioned, I believe I do know her as well from my time of going to more networking events and everything. So it's just yep. reminding me of somebody that I probably need to reconnect with as well. But again, you know, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing so openly. Like, like I said earlier on in the episode, that's what I'm looking for from this, this podcast is giving people an opportunity to learn that they're not alone, that the things that they've been through, other people have been through, and there's always a way out. And I, I couldn't think of a better example from the ones that you gave us. So can, can I, can I say the last thing? Go ahead. 
because we, we've been talking about it and a lot of things that we've said to each other. We said, well, you know, I, I may not have been through this, but I can understand. Well, here's what I always say. Your stories are personal. Everybody has stories. All of us have our, our own versions of our stories. Your, per, your stories are personal. Your message is universal. And if you are able to, as a speaker, if you are able to relay a message that everybody can relate to, doesn't matter how personal your story is, they can find their own version of what they feel the message that you're sending to them means to themselves. <laughs> Great way to put it. Uh, that, that was <laughs> I never never thought about it that way. Your story is personal, but your message is universal. Again, Roger, thank you for coming on. I appreciate uh, everything that you had to share here, like I said. And I, I can't wait to meet you in person. I'll say that right now because definitely, man. chills definitely. that I got from this episode, I can only imagine what having a coffee or something uh, with you is like. So I, I definitely look Well, let's make that happen. Let's make definitely. that happen. Definitely. All right. Thank you again. Take care. Thank you again. Appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also follow me, Brian Almeida, by searching my name on all platforms. If the podcast has impacted you in any way, I would also greatly appreciate a review. Lastly, if you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, I would love to have them on. Thank you and see you next week.